3: Presented
4: by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Give me The pregame show America has always wanted. I love
0: the future. I done the future.
2: From the Vegas
5: Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
3: You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Wednesday, live from Las Vegas on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation in studio. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yes, that's when weightlifters do their pecs. And it's also when Steve Fezzik joins. Special guest in studio, Matty Holt. He is a former, and I'm going to say former, former bookmaker. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But he's best in breed. (laughs) And he runs a company Name of the company is US Integrity, correct? US Integrity. And what's it about? It's about game fixing. It's about making sure that the events go the way they're supposed to. And it's a booming business. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. But he's a true expert in sports betting. And we're lucky to have him done many podcasts over the years with him. His nickname's The Vig, (laughs) right? No one likes The Vig, let me tell you something. Everybody pays the VIG. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a lot tougher making a profit without the VIG on your side, isn't it? Yep, It surely is. All right. Now, these are the pros. We got a Joe. He's our favorite Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox.
6: Always good to be here, RJ. And, yes, on a day in which we've got rumors about NFL seating changes that could be taking place, we've got the NBA season and a player who has opted out of the Orlando bubble. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday?
3: It's, to me, Avery Bradley. And I think if we look at the numbers, look at the reality of this, it's something we haven't really seen. And player empowerment something we've talked a lot about. I think a lot of it's justified. I think some of it might be going overboard. I'm not saying this is going overboard, but we literally have a – Key player, Fez, is that fair to say for the Lakers? I mean, certainly second tier.
5: Starting player. Well, that's pretty key, right? You no, know, he's he, he's not well, very. I understand it. Let, let, let me get
3: something straight. He, I, he's not LeBron. <laughs> he's not Anthony. D- I got that part. Yes, but he's one of the five best players on the Lakers. I, or why would he start?
5: I, I don't know why he starts. I'd say he's oh, like the seventh
3: okay. best. Well, man. listen, Doctor <laughs> that he knows more than the coaches. <laughs> but according to the coaches, you know the dumb dumb coaches, you know. This is one of the five best players on the team of the favorite to win the NBA title. And he's saying, nah, I'm not going to play.
6: Yeah, and it was announced on Tuesday, Lakers guard Avery Bradley is opting out of the NBA's restart in Orlando. Bradley's son has a history of respiratory issues, and Bradley doesn't want to put him at risk. So he will be sitting out the restart of the NBA season coming up in July.
3: Okay, let's start with what I believe is the false logic behind this decision. And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, hint, hin, I don't think I am, but here we go. Anyone step up and tell me if they think I'm wrong. If Avery Bradley said, you know, as much as I'd like to see my kids, you know, every day or almost every day, let's say, you know, occasional guy's day maybe, but let's say he's, you know, best father ever. What it would take for him to have zero risk to his kids would be go play basketball, be there as long as you need to be, and two months is the outside. Lakers being a favorite, very likely it could be two months. As soon as you're done, could be sooner too, as soon as you're done, you take a test. Before you go home, the test comes back negative, you walk in the door. Hey, kids. At that point, the chance of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Avery Bradley giving or transmitting the virus to his boy or any of his family would be zero unless the test is. I mean, I I guess we couldn't figure anything if we don't trust the test. Thus, he's not choosing between basketball and risking his kids health. He's choosing between basketball and not seeing his kid physically for up to two months.
5: Exactly.
3: Not saying that's the wrong decision. I'm just saying that feels like the decision. Would you agree with that, Jonas?
6: Yeah, hundred percent. All
3: right. So now the question is, why is it being framed by most people the other way—that he's choosing his that you know love. He doesn't want his kid to die just for basketball. It doesn't seem he doesn't want to not see his boy for too much. Now, again, that's a wonder. The opposite is the father doesn't care. I'm not saying that's bad but Lordy B what we are moving towards is a guy who made this year and he's made a lot of money in his career Avery Bradley his contract 8.8 million and if we do the math here 14 divided by 92 if the Lakers end up going far enough to have the max share of this money which is likely right yeah he would be given back about 1.3 million mhm so he's saying 1.3 million versus being able to stay home, not do the job, you know, not do the job I was contracted to do, which is fine. I mean, obviously the NBA is saying we got no problem with it. My question is, what do his teammates think? Does Bradley go? And I'm not sure, Mackenzie, if you want to look at that, is what's Bradley's contract for next year? But Jonas, if you were on the Lakers and you were fighting for a title and one of your starters, even if Dr. Fezzik doesn't necessarily agree with that, says, you know, I'm choosing not to play, does that affect your opinion of him next year?
6: No, that wouldn't bother me personally, but I could understand why it would bother other players personally and maybe why there might be some distrust moving forward. It would bother me a lot. I mean, let's let's face
5: it. He's not going to see his son for a month anyways. There's restrictions against families coming to Orlando until after the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, but
3: but it's not a month anyway. If he doesn't go play at all, he gets to see him today right? and tomorrow and the next day. So
5: every other player in the NBA is able to be away from their families for a month. But Avery Bradley has made this his priority. Oh, and by the way, the Lakers are favored to win the NBA title as a teammate. He is letting me down.
3: You know what we're thinking of doing? Matt Holt joins, former bookmaker, US Integrity, CEO, founder. We're thinking of getting the All in the Family theme song. Remember when he goes, Oh, the way Glenn Miller played Archie Bunker, right? Sure. And whenever Fez has like a political take, we're going to just play like Archie Bunker's theme. And that. I mean, he, he <laughs> said, if Archie Bunker were here, it'd be like, Archie, who said it? Fezic or Archie Bunker? <laughs> That's going to be fun. What's your take on all this? I look I think
4: during unprecedented extraordinary times we see extraordinary reactions and what's interesting is uh I think a month ago a lot of people thought there were going to be a lot more Avery Bradley's than there really were a lot more players opting out I heard people speculating on on mainstream big time uh, you know impact players opting out and the fact that we're only talking about Avery Bradley who doesn't have any real commitment to the Lakers this is his I mean, first. he's barely he's,
3: even a starter
4: yeah he really he is I I actually agree with Fez there. He's only a starter because of his veteran presence, but he's been around the league forever. He's on a two-year deal with the Lakers. He doesn't have any um, emotional baggage so, so there.
3: It is, it is a player option in 2021, so next year is a player option for Bradley. Yes.
4: So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm okay with it, actually. I guess if you're a teammate, um, you know, it's hard for a teammate to tell anyone how to feel, whether it's feelings about social (laughs) injustice or their children right now. I think it's a hard time to tell
3: people how they should feel about their kids. But that extends—but here's the thing. That extends to you can't tell the reacting player how to feel. Sure, exactly. So, so, I mean, we're not saying Avery Bradley's wrong. We're saying how will— teammates react and and i think it's very reasonable to say you know if we're brothers in arms if we are if we have a goal of what are we willing to sacrifice for this a chance at a title and again i think framing the conversation correctly that he's sacrificing upwards of 60 days with his kids and that's it he's not risking his kids life if he did it right that feels like that, that, that's not asking too little. I mean, let's look at you as a CEO, and then we'll go to Jonas and get a closing thought. Let's say that you have been working a year and a half towards a big deal, and you're ready to go do a, like a, a boot camp presentation for 10 days, and your number four guy on a team of 15 says, You know something? Kids got a recital, they've been practicing violin for a while, I, I can't go. You're gonna just look and have no feeling about it. You know, I'm not saying you're gonna say the guy's evil. I'm not, but you're gonna have an emotion, aren't you? Uh, I am. But and all I ask of
4: people is that they be prepared for repercussions of what they do. I'm perfectly exactly. fine with what Avery Bradley's doing as long as he's okay with the Lakers not wanting to have him on the team anymore. And if he understands that, then great. If he made that decision knowing that the Lakers probably don't want me back next year and uh, my teammates may not respect me,
3: then fine. And the Vegas guy said, as long as he's comfortable with the repercussions.
5: a lot of holes in the desert
3: (laughs) 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 closing thoughts Jonas
6: yeah I think uh, I agree with Matt I think that it's a situation where everybody's got to do what's best for them in the moment but understand that especially now and we've seen it with every other story that's gone on there's going to be people that support you and people that are critical of it and as long as you can handle that and deal with that then then you're free to do what you want to do I also wonder if he talked with teammates before he made this decision or if he just decided this on his own
3: I mean, I think I can almost envision the conversation. Listen, guys, I'm barely a starter. I mean, what's the real <laughs> consequence here? <laughs> Last thing. So, Joan but let's revert, you know, let's use an example. Brady Quinn, you guys are getting some feature week on, you know, noon to whatever, and it's like some big opportunity. And Brady Quinn's like, hey, I've got a, I got a couple massages planned, and Massage Envy doesn't give you a refund. I mean, Obviously, we're having fun (laughs) with this, but don't you see that if you're trying to achieve history, I mean, effectively to win an NBA title in your chosen sport, meaning this is what Avery Bradley's decided is his life's work. And to say, for 60 days away from my kid, I don't care enough to be there even, that's a strong statement that it doesn't matter all that much. Imagine an analogy to you, Jonas, How do you feel about that person?
6: I mean, it would depend on what the situation was. Let's say it was
3: this exact situation. He just doesn't want to be away from his kid for 60 days. I would understand it. All right, there you go. I guess maybe I'm the... Well, Fez, you're the hardest core one, but again, it's all money. For you, it's just pure money somehow.
5: Well, it's perfectly fine if someone on Phoenix or someone on Washington opts out, in my opinion. See, what's funny is that's just you, though.
3: Meaning that for you mathematically, you're thinking, well, you know, I love my kid, but I don't love him enough to give up a 14.8% chance at the title. But if it was 1.8%, come here, Sonny boy. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, He doesn't even deny it. That's what you got to love. All right, when we come back... It's time for baseball talk, not about owners versus players, but us versus the bookie. What is going to be the factors that matter most different than typical baseball this baseball season?
6: That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Higher Ratings, and Consumer Reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's
0: TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At bed 365
2: we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants
3: help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
6: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the start of the Major League Baseball season.
3: Great day to join us. Fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences more than doubled in the last year. Thank you so much for that. Great day to join us. We've got a big disagreement coming up about how is baseball going to be different this year? Sixty, It's 60 games exactly, right? Yes. A lot of different things. Matty Holt, former bookmaker, he renounced that, so we let him in studio, joined. <laughs> right now, on the Strip, 105 degrees, the neon is... Buzzing. Buzzing.
6: So, RJ, hmm. it is official. Major League Baseball is back. Players expected to report on July 1st with the season getting underway July 23rd or July 24th.
3: Yes. And I guess one question before we get into the handicapping side. If the owners were fighting tooth and nail not to have as many more games because they're losing each game of the regular season, how did it go from the default number in the agreement to 60. Like, was that like a back room deal? It was like, Hey, you guys approve these protocols and we'll go to 60. Or do you think the owners were lying all along about less games or about losing each game? What do you think, Matt?
4: So, so, uh, you know, uh, I listened to some real good legal experts on this situation who said, basically, um, the reason the players kept saying, hey, tell us how many games and we'll show up is because at the end of the day, they signed that 76 game deal, which said you're going to basically or the 81, which said you'll get half your contract originally. And there was a clause in there that if Manfred himself ended up, if they couldn't come to an agreement and Manfred himself had to select how many games they play, that if he selected a, a real erroneous number, the Players Association could then come back and sue and say, you didn't make your best effort so, to so have as many this, games as possible. So
3: this was the grievance issue.
4: Yeah, and I think okay. it fell in the middle. The players wanted but, but, 76, but the, question is, the owners wanted
3: 50, 60's in the middle. So, Jonas, you stay on top of this as much as anyone. Was part of this agreement to go to 60 Did they uh, give up the right to file a grievance about it? Or was that maybe a handshake deal? Do we know?
6: I've I've not heard anything on that. That, I was wondering that as well, too. How did we go from 48 to 60 if this was the mandated season that the commissioner put in?
3: And if they were smart. Here's the funny thing about this baseball. If they would have just said, even if they said five days, if sometime in early June, they would have said, let's get the A negotiators. Now, they have to leave the kids for a while, but get the A negotiators down there, and we're going to stay at this resort, and when we leave, we're going to have a deal, or we're going to go with the 48, You know, whatever it is, and why not do all this in private? Because as much as I understand, if you're competing with someone and you think you've got the better PR position, then making it public exerts leverage against them, the opponent, it still is hurting the game if if the owners hurt the players yeah it's better than the owners being hurt themselves but it's still hurting your talent your performers the people who are out front of your brand and vice versa if the players get the owners hated well that's your sport that's you know your fans might not come watch you so obviously they all want the best financially they can get but they want to minimize the pain the entire baseball, uh, baseball gets, why not have this negotiation over five days in private? Do you think we would have really came to a different conclusion?
4: No, and I thought that really for a sport that hasn't engaged and connected with the millennial base yet, um, that this didn't do them any justice in engaging with new fans. And and, uh, if if anything, it just pulled them further apart from a base of younger fans who already isn't engaged and isn't connected with Major League Baseball.
3: And as you said, Fez, the July being open pre-NBA was a missed opportunity.
5: Absolutely. There was no reason we couldn't have had an 80-game season and some compromise on the players to not take their full pay per game and then they would have owned july and now what's going to happen baseball's going to come back and they're, rj they're going to have four days that they own july 24th the 28th and then all the other leagues are going to start up
3: now fans often will say geez that guy he's got so much money you know he made eight million made 18 million why does he care fez as you've gotten more and more wealthy do you find yourself caring about money less or the same or more the same, the same. Yeah. I'm already a multimillionaire. I mean, that's the thing. If if you're the kind of person that doesn't care about that last ten thousand when you got ten million, you're the kind that never gets ten million. That's your theory. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. We've finished now discussing a, kind of a recap of the disaster of the negotiation. Now let's look forward. Let's look to make some money, cold cash over hot takes. Factor number one. When it comes to what's going to be different about this season, 60 games, Buster Olney, ESPN, said he believes the depth of the bullpen, so how many good relievers you have, is going to be so important, so important. Fez, you actually disagree.
5: I do. I don't understand why in a shortened season, depth is going to be an added advantage for a team. To take the extreme, if we played a 200-game season, a really long season, depth would be an enormous advantage. How can depth be an advantage in both the shortened and a long season?
3: So your theory is that in a long season, there'd be uh, residual fatigue as the season progresses, more and more injuries, arms get more and more tired. DL etc and thus having a deep bullpen that guy who's sixth in the bullpen initially maybe he's going to be fourth or third come the end of the season yes Maddie Holt what's your position on this I don't think that the 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 need
4: for a deeper bullpen this year has anything to do with the number of games they're going to play but rather the rules that they change the fact that pitchers are now going to have to face three
3: batters or complete the inning means you need All right, so let's be clear so it's Or complete the inning. Or complete the inning. So what you're saying is, if there's one out, let's say there's two outs, one out to go, pitcher comes in, pitches that one batter, he can come out the next inning. Correct. Meaning he can pitch the one bad. Correct.
4: Okay, That's where your specialists come into play. So at the end of the day, you're still going to use your specialist with two outs. But at the end of the day, if you're bringing in a new pitcher, say, to start the sixth inning, you need a guy who you could probably count on to get uh, three outs. And at the end of the day, we've seen starting pitchers pitch less and less, you know, l- lesser and lesser into games than they ever have. So it's going to be more and more important then that you have five or six good relievers
3: that you could throw out there if they can't just come in for one batter. See, I agree with most of your premises. I disagree with your conclusion. It strikes me that the specialist that used to be, let's say, one batter, maybe two if they're both lefties and it's a lefty and it's one of those big looping specialists. They didn't have to be even competent at the other area. Right? Maybe some lefties never face a right-hander, mm-hmm. ever. So it doesn't matter. It's almost like a, a, a hitter as a pitcher in the AL. It doesn't matter if you can bat well, because you're hardly ever going to bat. right? I guess used to be if you were playing the National League. All right. I think now your specialists are still going to have to be competent at the other thing, because more often they're going to have to face more than one batter. Correct. Though, if it's at the end of the inning, maybe not. And because of that, the amount of pitchers that are going to be good enough to get real time seems to decrease, right? Because if you said, all right, everyone on the old rules, who's going to make the team? And there's all these pitchers on the team. Now we say, anyone here who's not competent to lefties and righties, you got (laughs) to leave. Some people are going to leave, right? Two or three pitchers per team, maybe. All of a sudden now, you're thinner. There's no magical good pitchers that were retired thing now I'm going to come out because of the new rules. So I think in general, bullpens become more important because it's harder to have a good bullpen because now you got to fill that bullpen with not specialists, but rather guys that are specialized, maybe, but competent across the board.
4: Agreed. And I think that's why Buster only ended up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think, I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean,
3: Brady's got a hell of an arm. Yeah. So.
4: <laughs> I think that's why he said he, he liked the Tampa Bay Rays to win the World Series, because they have a bunch of relievers who they can come in and face both righties and lefties. I think bullpen depth is really
3: important, and it's just because of the rules change. R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. That's Maddie Holt, a former bookmaker. Steve Fezzik joins. Got the roundtable going today. Any thoughts on the bullpen, Jonas?
6: I think starting pitchers are going to pitch more. I think they're going to pitch more innings than they normally would because for starters, number one, they're not going to have to pitch as many games because it is a shortened season, so you can leave them out there an extra inning or two and not have to worry about Hmm. wearing them down later on. Also, I think they're going to pitch longer because now nobody has to bat, so you don't have to worry about running the bases, maybe getting fatigued out there on the base pass if you're in the National League. Thus, I, I think the best bullpens are still going to have advantage I don't know that depth comes into play
3: now you make a fascinating point and we're going to talk about DH in a second I disagree 110% well no 108% I disagree about the length of starters especially the first month or so of the season correct me if I'm wrong this spring training is abridged right it's the length of time of it is less unless the time in a typical spring training is unnecessary then they're coming in, and I've heard people say this, where you're going to expect, I think, the starters to go less because they're going to have to throw themselves into full shape. Now, I don't know if that's three weeks, four weeks, five weeks – but would you agree, Jonas, early on, the starters going longer than usual seems unlikely. And
6: Yeah, I would say it's unlikely then. But I think once we get into it, and and I think part of the stipulation on the rosters is that they'll start decreasing the number of players on the rosters a couple of weeks in. And I think they're factoring that in, that it's going to take guys to ramp up a little bit. once. Because
3: you know. they're going to have more allowed on the roster right. because the theory is you're going to have to spread the duties a little bit. Yes. Okay. And so my conclusion, I think we all agree – is having a competent, effective bullpen is going to be more important. It's just how does that happen? Does that happen with depth? Or does that happen with having three or four guys that are – I'd rather have a top-heavy bullpen. I'd rather have three good ones, even if sometimes you're in a disaster, that fourth guy's no good at all, than having six or seven not quite good ones. right? I'd rather have – A top-heavy bullpen. Does anyone disagree with that? No, No, I don't disagree with that. All right. RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. Fez, DH. So explain the rule first.
5: Yeah, so National League is going to use the designated hitter this year across the board for all games.
3: So is is it this year alone?
5: This year alone, 2021, to be determined Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. based upon what happens.
3: All right, so it's really as simple as National League, American League, same rules. How do you think it affects? What do you think is the biggest effect people aren't talking about?
5: I expect scoring to go up in National League games by half a run per game.
3: Okay. And is that so? I'm assuming if you just looked at the National League scoring over the last five years and the American League scoring. It's about a half a run.
5: It's four tenths of a
3: run the okay. last two years. So you've got a theory on why it's more than that? Yes,
5: because of the Colorado Rockies. I went we went ahead and took the Rockies out of this data because they play in the altitude and their games average 13 runs in Colorado. and okay. when you take it out, it goes up to half a run.
3: Okay, so you take out the Rockies, from what? Oh, oh, you're saying last year? Oh, yeah, so everyone's saying, oh, it's only 0.4, but you're saying you got those inflated number. Right. So you just, I mean, let's be candid. You just wanted to touch on this topic so you could <laughs> explain like the advanced way that you ended up doing that.
2: Yes. Get us shows shoes up for no reason
4: at all
3: to get his grandstanding
4: and then hotdogging.
3: in? you, man, he's a hot dog, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you feel like that early, early on, is there a sense of because they're not used to having a DH? Because there's a mentality, mean, I've just read where there's a mentality to be in a DH. How can you sit there the whole game and only be like effectively in motion, mm. you know, other than running the bases potentially, you're only in motion like what, 20 seconds yes. of swinging, right? And how do you stay focused? My sense is that whatever skill set that takes, it's something you acquire over time. I think the National League will be less effective as DH hitters because they don't have people who are used to that very specialized skill.
5: I would agree with that, but I'd also argue the pitchers uh-huh. are used to like, oh, it's the second inning. Yeah, I'm th- facing the number six batter. Hey, I got that. I got that pitcher coming up at the end of the inning. You know, That's you might have a, that. Out. Might
3: that actually might be a bigger psychological factor? Because if they do give up a hit and it extends the inning, the pitchers thinking, God darn it! If this was just last year,
5: exactly. And
3: maybe they spiral out of control. Second
5: and third, two outs. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand.
3: Yeah. Understand. You have any other scenarios you want to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it would have been a pop-up, but instead it was a single. That's Steve Fezzik. (laughs) I'm R.J. Bell. Any thoughts on the DH, Matty Holt? I I, I will say this. They play so many interleague games now that
4: every team has plenty of opportunities. Yeah, but it's only, at
3: what, less than 10% of the schedule, right? Yeah, just under 10%. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they don't. And plus, you're only playing outside of your approach half the time there, right? Because the home team dictated. So 5% of your games for National League had DHs. I agree. But, you know, players move around a lot
4: as well. And I think overall, I think the adjustment won't be that devastating.
3: You know, the trick on this show is when, you, when someone hits you with the right, you just back away. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
4: just go down and take the standing eight?
3: Jonas, closing thoughts on the DH. Uh,
6: what took him so long? I, I just I don't know like why have oh, we it's been a pure it's purist right I mean the, the... come on one league does it one league doesn't like every time a pitcher comes up they, some of them don't even know where to hold the bat it just I, I never understood it I, <laughs> they I've always they
3: probably batted 420 in little league
6: yeah I mean I just I, I've never under <laughs> I've never understood it I've always thought we should have uniformed rules and I think having a DH opens up a roster spot it gives another player an opportunity if he's a, de- a defensive liability you can put him out there and have him just swing the bat and, and you don't have to watch. A pitcher go up there and pretend to run out a ground ball because he just wants to get out of the inning.
3: It does show you how amazingly talented these hitters are. That most pitchers, if you go back and look at their high school batting at high school, probably batted 420. Yeah, I mean the good hitters in high school hit 600, you know, or 550. So, but they look foolish. I mean, some of them, as Jonas said, look foolish at the major league level. And it just goes to show you, it's like golf, right? There's a lot of people that are six handicaps, right? But there's a little winner rules, you know, they, you know. And to play on the PGA, it's almost like Jeopardy. A lot of people think they're good at Jeopardy until you watch the hands of the Jeopardy people. And they're all hitting it every time, and it's milliseconds. It's tough,
5: and we saw that in golf when Tom Brady tried to play under the bright spotlight. Right? Well, he did all right. A couple of great, great shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, he had the shot of the tournament. Yes. But, and I also think you're right. The spotlight's a factor too. But again, if you're Brady, you almost it's a free roll, right? If you because if you do well, it's at like great. If he doesn't, it's like well, he can throw that football, and he's a bullpen guy too. You know. So, anything else? Last word. And we'll be talking about this leading up to the start of the season. Does the shortened season affect anything else?
4: Cool prop bet that a lot of places have, will any batter hit 400? And I saw 19 batters since 2000 have done it, a combined total of 23 times, hit 400 over a 60-game period.
3: Now, was it the first 60 or a random
4: 60? Any A random 60. Any random 60, 19 batters, 23 occurrences of it happening. And the prop, the yes on the props plus money, I think there's a fair chance it could happen.
3: Wow. So the plus money is like plus what? Like 130, 140. I almost like no for that. It just feels like, but, but, but I think it's important to explain the concept. To do anything that is outside, you know, let's say 99th percentile type, good or bad, is easier to do over the short time. Correct. So for example, if I'm saying I'm gonna flip one coin a day and I'm never gonna get tails, never. For a week, I can do that. For a month, it's almost impossible. So 400-something that's going to be on the edge of possible, and to do it for 162 games, so much harder than for 60.
5: And will a guy qualify if he only plays 50 games?
3: Well, but I'm guessing guessing the ratio of qualification of games per number of at-bats will be the same. Right, so he won't need
5: 60 games. He could do it in 52, Uh say.
3: But Ted Williams was batting 401 his last day. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go hit, and thus he hit 406. He could have not. Just FYI. Now that's a competitor. Yeah. I mean, that and he went to World War II and Korea as a fighter pilot. <laughs>
4: got shot down twice. Is
3: that right? He yeah. got shot down uh, twice? Yeah. You know, the, the great story about Ted Williams, quickly, it's in Ron Luciano's book, The Umpire Strikes Back, which if you like baseball, this was written in the early 80s, he was an umpire that— wrote a couple books actually he said ted williams was like maybe 65 at the time and that he said he could see the seams when he hit the ball so you know luciano's like you're crazy so pitcher threw it to him they had uh, pine tar or whatever so you could see where the ball was hit first pitch he hits a home run it's like jesus dude's old he's still hitting homers he goes yep a vertical across the seams Go out and get the ball. It was exactly that. So at 65, you could still see the ball hit the bat in a way that supposedly no one can, even in their prime, can. So pretty amazing. Continue the conversation.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas, weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
6: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
3: Okay, we can do our last break when we come back. Jamal Adams, we talked about it yesterday, got some good feedback. We'll go over again why Adams, specifically, if he's able to succeed at this, could very much affect why NFL was so popular, literally that important. Plus, Adam Gase, is he really the problem?
6: That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
6: Fox Sports
2: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
3: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And
6: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the situation with the New York Jets continues to trickle through every day. There's a new story, it seems like, involving Jamal Adams. The latest, according to Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, that head coach Adam Gase is a major factor why Adams requested a trade and that Gase is not respected
3: in the locker room. Did you hear Jonas go Manish Meta so fast? It was like sick like him breathing. This guy. Were you born this this loquacious? No, I'm terrible. It, a lot of work. Yeah, do you do about like going oh, Like, do you, are you in the mirror at night like doing mouth exercises?
6: No, I just uh, the R's and W's are still hard for me. For whatever. Reason. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, you could fool me. me.
3: Yeah. Listen, this was a topic Colin Cowherd and I disagreed on nine months ago, 10 months ago, right at the start of the season last year, it was like he was big on gays. And we were talking about it on our podcast. And my thinking at the time was this. There's been retread coaches, as in they get fired from one place, but they do well at the next. But I've never seen it where a coach was fired. And maybe it's happened, but boy, it's rare. And gets fired for you know not a like Jimmy Johnson effectively got fired but wasn't a conflict with the owner but rather performance based that then gets a job starting the next year, right? Meaning there's not even a a, a, you know a a bridge year or a, a gap year as they call it after high school. It was Dolphins say you're not good enough to coach. Jets said, hey, division rival, you just fired this guy because he's not good enough. Come on up. Your leftovers are good enough for us. I mean, that's just not common.
5: After two bad years with the Dolphins, and you got to wonder if that one good year, how much of an aberration was that?
3: Yeah. And, and the good year for the Dolphins was what, exactly? I think he won 10 games. I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. Now, in hindsight, the funny thing is, if you look at Tannehill's performance, and we can judge, you know, who was the quarterback at Miami during uh, Gase's tenure. The fact Tannehill looks better now. Now, a short sample size where he looked better for what? You know, a little more than half the season into the playoffs with Tennessee. But doesn't that speak badly of Gase? Sure. Because- the, yeah, it's another We re- I mean, Darnold hasn't... I mean, listen, some say Darnold's been great. You know, Tony the Tiger, great. But I don't think that's a consensus opinion. So... I also think that Gase was probably the worst coach or one of the bad coaches for the New York because he doesn't seem to handle the media all that well.
5: And there was that press conference with that stare and his eyeballs that you've seen that picture of him <laughs> where, wow, is that a leader? I don't know.
3: How would you describe his eyeballs? <laughs> detached. <laughs> but what? But do we know when it was? I mean, what was the circumstances?
5: I don't recall.
3: But it's just at a given point, he had a detached look like on his face. Like a crazy
5: man look, Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik, who knows of what he speaks. I'm R.J. Bell. Here's what I thought, and we got great feedback on this yesterday. Because as we talked about, Archie Bunker-type perspectives from Fez, they might be right sometimes, they might be wrong sometimes. If you say, Jamal Adams signed a contract, he should play for the team he signed the contract for. That's your, you know, your word is your bond. I think there's some truth to that, to be candid. Not always, not To the extreme, but some truth. But here's what we know. The NFL is not a monopoly. The XFL started was competing against them. The fact they didn't succeed, the fact they could compete is the question. Obviously, arena ball over the years. Obviously, Canadian football. Now, if you go choose to work for the NFL... It makes a ton of sense that the NFL has their rules. You're not obligated to work there. This isn't conscription, like getting in the service or Vietnam War type stuff. This is a choice. Jamal Adams could have went and done anything. He decided to play for the NFL. Part of the deal of playing for the NFL is if you're a first-round pick, it's a four-year contract, team option for year five, here's the salary, go or don't. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. Now, a lot of people are going to say, but R.J., That's easy for you to say, but the truth is it's a it's a de facto monopoly. In truth, there's no competition. And let's accept that that's generally the case. That there's no one that's gonna league it's gonna be able to compete with the NFL at least now. Why is that? Why is the NFL dominant? It's because of the fact that the NFL has parity. It's one of the key reasons, meaning you can be last one year and win it the next. You know why that is? because the draft choices have to stay for four years. And that, they're, mm-hmm. that if you get to pick early, like the Jets have, you get a guy like Jamal Adams. If you hit a home run, you get to benefit from him. So if Adams gets to choose where he plays, it's going to destroy the very thing about the NFL that the makes parity. it so successful. I, don't think it's, I think for the health of the league, you've got to keep this locked up, even if it's not best for the individual player.
6: Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone.
0: Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.